This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Objections, Sales EQ, and Inked, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. On this episode, I've got Donald C. Kelly from The Sales Evangelist. This episode is sponsored by the Outbound Conference. The Outbound Conference is the biggest, baddest conference in sales. And Donald C. Kelly can tell you why, because he's been there. He's been, was our speaker last year. And I'm going to get you to talk a little bit about it, Donald, just to kind of give you, give people your experience of going to this conference. It's uh, become a worldwide experience. And this year, by the way, we've got a brand new experience called Outbound 360, which is basically mm. Outbound always on. So whether you're in the lobby, whether you're in one of the lounges, whether you're in the the main hall, whether you're on your app, uh, online, what have you, outbound never stops all the way around pure sales training. So, and I am, I'm curious, you know, um, you know, you came to outbound this year for the very first time you had never experienced it before. Maybe just give us a little bit of your, your take on outbound and maybe why people should consider buying tickets and coming to outbound this year. So I've been to conferences and I think all of us have been to our fair share of events. Um, and one of the things that many events do is they provide awesome education. And that's perfect. That's great. The challenge with most events is that it provide awesome education. Is there a way you can get beyond that? When I came to Outbound, it was more than just like education. It was an experience. Like, I mean, even from, I know we joked about it, but it felt like at the beginning, it was like a rock concert. I was like, hold on, wait, what is Kiss coming out? <laughs> like, it was, it was that much energy. It was that exciting. And I don't know what you take, Jeb, but you just come out every single time. Every time you're speaking on stage, it was like, man, dude's got like energizing battery back there. <laughs> just like, you don't, you don't wait or faint out. Uh, and I think that was like one of the, the fun things to watch with that at the conference. So because we were entertained, it was easier for us to be educated with all the amazing content that was there. So everyone, so I really enjoyed that um, and aspect. And I think sometimes people think about going to a conference with a bunch of salespeople, you think you're going to be in a bunch of suits and, you know, just like, you know, not get like that, that pumped up. I might get, you know, a couple of sessions that I really like, but every session. And the cool thing about the speakers is that they're, they're world-class. I mean, they come with like, they come with that same concept. It trickles throughout the organization, throughout the whole event. So I felt very well entertained and educated at the same time and made it that I wanted to, to go back. So <laughs> very cool. You know, this, my secret is really simple. I just drink copious amounts of coffee. So I, I, this is like my, I don't That's know, my, I'm on my second pot today. And my mom was like, how do you sleep at night? I'm like, you know, I can mainline coffee. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't even impact me anymore. I can, I can drink a cup and go to sleep, but it is like, I, I'm glad that you said that. Cause it really is like an, it's an educational experience. It's a rock show for sales professionals. Yeah. And we've been very careful, no selling from the stage. So nobody's pressuring you to buy stuff. There's nobody in the audience, you know, trying to get you to buy stuff. It's pure content. Yeah. And it's ultra high performers from all over the world. I mean, pre-pandemic, we did the last one in the middle of, you know, middle of the pandemic. And we had a really big audience in Atlanta, people who showed up and came in. But in 2019, we had people come in to Atlanta from 47 different countries 
coming into Outbound. Yeah, it's an, it's an incredible experience. And like, if you want to go get your tickets right now, go to outboundconference.com, outboundconference.com. And, uh, and I, I hope that we'll all see you in Atlanta and uh, Donald, you're going to be back. So that people have an opportunity Woo-hoo. to meet you face to face. And I think that's one of the things I really like about it is that all the speakers are available. They're in the audience. A lot of them are just sitting in, like I, I sit in the back and just watch the other speakers. So everybody's accessible. So if you've got someone that you like, if you've been listening to Donald, you're, your, your podcast, the sales evangelist, which I've been on a mm-hmm. couple of times, you know, it's one of the the top podcast sales podcast in, uh, in the universe. And so you've got big fans <laughs> out there. You want to come see Donald. I mean, you want to come meet you because they've heard your voice so many times before. Uh, yeah. and to, uh, just a quick switch. Uh, we've, we talked about outbound and, and the things that salespeople go through. That's their, that's why people come there to, for education. And the reason I wanted you on this podcast today was because there's something that salespeople are are going through right now at, at a greater level than they have in a long time. Now you're young. Uh, you, I mean, you're, I don't know what you're at 30 years old. So you're super young. You're, you're way 37 younger. Now, yeah. Yeah, you're, <laughs> how much, what did you say? 37 now. You're yeah, 37. Just, There's no way you look like you're 22. I'm telling you, man. So, it's the water that I drink. Well, so, so 37, <laughs> you're, you're on the bubble, right? But you probably yeah. don't remember Jimmy Carter and nope. the recession of the late seventies and early eighties. I, I was in, you know, I was from middle school into high school at the time. So that dates me a little bit. I don't really remember it. From an from an agony standpoint, I mean, I remember interest rates really, really high. People having a hard time buying houses. I remember, you know, talking to my parents about how we were never ever going to get to to drive cars again because there were lines at gas stations. People couldn't fill up their cars, and and prices were going up really fast. And 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 since then, we really have never had an inflationary period where there's so much pressure on the marketplace like we have today. And yeah. and. That it's starting to trickle into business to business sales where companies are going to their customers because of issues in the supply chain and their costs are going up all the way around and they're asking for price increases. And as a sales professional, I remember my boss would come to me and say, we need to go get price increases from these customers. And I remember my heart would sink. I would get all this anxiety. The last thing I wanted to do is go to my customers and ask for price increases. It was a horrible experience because I wanted to make them happy and sell. And we're finding that a lot of salespeople are coming to us with questions about this because they're experiencing the same thing. And so I thought that maybe we could talk about what your experience has been and, and, and maybe some advice that you have for sales professionals who may be going through these issues with suddenly you got to go out and get price increases and then maybe some techniques and best practices that you see salespeople should start thinking about, you know, using or leveraging when they're asking for price increases. So I, I guess Oof. I start off with, you know, tell me what you're thinking and what you're hearing, what you're seeing in the marketplace relative to salespeople having to go out and get price increases. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's, that's all over. Uh, like it's, it's being addressed by, um, or being brought up in so many different ways. I was having a conversation with another sales leader last week about the same concept, um, a sales, he's a sales expert and, and um, you know, obviously want to gain my learn as much as I can. And uh, that's one of the things that he was discussing that, salespeople will be, um, you know, will continue to see. And that's one thing that you're hearing about. Also a couple of the clients that we have, we have some uh, clients that have stuff in the medical field. They're seeing an increase for sure in in their world because of the whole logistic issues. Um, These companies, they're almost like hoarding their supplies now, like they're trying to get as much as they can. 
to help to augment the issues that's coming down later on. Um, we had a couple meetings about three months ago about price increase with one of them, like how they're going to do that from the executive level. So that was um, fascinating there to kind of see how they started to, to feel that real pain uh, before it became like mainstream. Um, then the other thing too, is just like individual reps because the products that they're selling, they're, seeing the same idea. It's been stagnant for this long and you're seeing the increase. I mean, even for Dollar General, for goodness sake, we're seeing that in the media. Like Dollar, there's no more Dollar General. It's like Dollar 25 General or whatever it is. <laughs> so you're seeing, it, you're seeing it on that side. The thing that I've come to realize, though, and I didn't get a chance to experience much of this back. The, only, the closest thing I can get to that, Jeb, was back in 2008 when we saw like, you know, things shifted a little bit, but it wasn't really like inflationary. It wasn't like a, a huge uh, push on that side. But one of the things though, that I did learn and seeing from that time period, because some of the companies that I've worked with, especially when we sold to government, city, county governments, you, sometimes you have a government contract that was like set solid and it was, this was a price, but then now we're coming back next year. We see the increase. So how do you go about handling that? The best way that I've seen is go back to human psychology is that human beings do not, do not, do not like change. It is like, uh, I mean, I, I love to stay in my bed and sleep, but I know at 5 a.m. that, you know, the workout Donald has to tell the lazy Donald, stop it, it's time to get up. So that part there is the first thing. So people don't like change, we've got to understand that. But however, when we recognize there's a reason or a purpose for that change, it makes a big difference. And the gradual aspect is what helps as well. So what I typically like to do with salespeople if we know, especially now that we've seen some of these things are going to happen, I mean, this is like, it's go, it's going to happen. Go ahead of it before it becomes an issue. Like if you're listening to this podcast and your team hasn't say it, said it yet, know it's going to happen. So how can you start addressing that right now? You start working, and this should come from the executive level, from the, the leadership level. We should start creating a plan to be able to start um, dripping this to our customers over time. Right. Because, again, since we don't like change, how can we go ahead and make that change incremental so we can start bringing up the conversation, like bring up the issues, like maybe send out an email about logistical challenges and difficulties. However, our service is not going to change or, or something to that nature. If it's a key contact, I would have my sales teams go with those key contacts because we know that most companies you have those your, your 20 percenters. Those are the people that brings us a large percentage of your revenue. Is there a way that we can go about going and helping those people start to have discussion and dialogue about potential challenges and some of the changes that might be coming up? Because I guarantee if we ask them, they're probably doing the same exact thing. But the key is for the first step, very, very first step is to go ahead and start having that dialogue beforehand, before it becomes this huge issue. And if you find yourself in an issue right now where it's like your team tells your leader, come to you and say, yes, we need to increase it. Start having that in incremental level. So again, have a conversation maybe with some of your with your champ or with your main contact at the organization. You know the purchasing person is going to be an individual you need to speak with. So you need to start having that dialogue there as well. And just start making conversation about some of the challenges and some of the difficulties. And then that way it becomes more... Um, before you drop the price, they start to understand that there's a there's going to be a change or there is a reason for a change. And if we understand the reason, that helps the change to be so much more effective. So that's a very, very first step that I'll do before we go into some techniques. Yeah, but and thoughts, I think, feelings on that? I think that's important because what you don't want to have happen, oh, yeah. and I know I've been on the other side of this, where the first time that the customer sees you in six months or a year is you showing up on the doorstep asking them for a price increase. And mm -hmm. I can just tell you from a buyer standpoint, when I have an account manager show up and their first move is to ask for a price increase and they've added no value in my life, they've done anything for me. My first question is, what have you done for me lately? Like, why are you <laughs> having this conversation? I don't even know you. 
So, and that's one of the pieces of advice I'm given to sales teams. I recognize in some cases that just because of the urgent nature of having to get your prices right in this market and because the supply chains are shifting as fast as they are, that sometimes you're, you're forced to go in and ask for price increases from people that don't know you. Um, maybe you're a new account manager. However, I, I think your, your first piece of advice, step one, get out there and start having a conversation with them. But at the same time, figure out how you can add value in their life, figure out what you're doing, make sure that you don't have service issues that they use as a, you know, as a lever against you when you go and ask for the price increase, go show your face. And by the way, this is just good business all the way around because you need to retain your customers over time. So if you're not going out and seeing your customers, having to go out and price increase, maybe a wake up call that you're not, you don't have an account plan and you're not managing your accounts the right way. So that's really good advice for step one. What's, what's the next step? Step two is that we need to establish the value, right? Because even if you've done this before, like I have people that I have, uh, you know, things that I buy and I just get so used to it and I've used it over and over and over again that I, I, I tend to kind of forget the value, but some of these companies still have like upgrades, like go back to this client that we have. She's in a, the medical field. Um, she does a lot of stuff with the uh, supplement industry, but one of the things that she started to do a little bit more of was like, everyone's still going to buy the, the capsules. But what we started changing the branding on the bottles to make it a little bit more, uh, you know, easier, fresher, nicer to look at. Um, she started, she changed up the the quantity. So it's a little more value for the client. So instead of selling that, that one bottle, we gave them a little bit more value. So she was giving like multiple packages in, you know, one order or, or whatnot. And they were just getting a better bang for their buck. Um, with uh, buying it in bundles or, or bulk. So she found ways that she could bring value. She started getting some you know, cheaper things like even a pill case. It was something small, but it was amazing how these, they're older citizens that uh, you know purchased from her. But those the, the end-to-end consumers were really, really excited because now they were able to get something that was simple. They saw that it was a value. So when her, when she came back, Debbie came back and her team was talking about like increasing the, the production costs it wasn't that big of a deal because there was something that they were getting. It wasn't anything that was, to, you know, that it was going to break the bank for her, but it was something of small value. And even as a B2B sales rep, there's smaller things that you can do right now. So say for instance, like if I'm going to, if you're, you know, whatever you sell and let's make something up, um, you're selling uh, an HR solution and the, the license fee is going to be going up. We know next year or going up right now because of stuff that's happening. One of the things you can do, look at things that are not going to cost anything at all that you can upgrade on. So we might say, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to do a complimentary session with your team and we're going to work with you. And this is why it comes from the leadership standpoint, because if the sales reps, sales reps can make some of these decisions, but it's so much easier when you come from the leadership to say, here's some value ads that we can offer to our team, uh, to our clients. And when you start offering these value ads, they're like, okay, well, that's worth a lot. And you put a price on it. So, you know, working with one of our consultant, our client success team manager, typically is about, you know, for hour long sessions about going to be, you know, you know, $1,200 to $1,300 for your first for us to do that. What we want to do, we want to help you as we know you're going through this challenging time with your organization, especially when you're, you know, facing some of these logistical challenges. And we give you some ideas about what some of the best companies that we are working with are doing. The other thing that a sales rep can do is just, you already know so much. I was reading, um, I had a couple of folks on my show. One of the things that they said uh, that this company was looking at getting a, a consultant to come in and they had a couple of consultant to work with the organization, the CEO, when they interviewed the CEO to say, you know, the CEO said he loves talking to salespeople, which was kind of like odd. And they were like, so why do you like talking to salespeople? It's like, think about it. I have consultants that I hire and paying, you know, tons of money for these consultants, but these salespeople are going to each and every company. They're like bees every single day. And they're seeing stuff that I don't see. So when I talk to these salespeople, they're giving me information that I can't get. 
by just you know running up to another competing competing executive. And the beautiful thing about that is that salespeople can package that into into educational pieces. So we can say, you know, I know you're going through some challenge times, and, and you know, even if you give them the bad news, quote unquote, or this idea that we're going to have an increase, what we can then do is supplement by saying we're going to do set up a, a consultation session with you and show you how we can help you based on some of the best practices that we're seeing. But that's something that the seller can do right then and there to make that happen. The other thing with it as well is if you if you do give like the give the reason why it's going to happen. If you're working with any clients at all and you come and tell them, yeah, we're going to increase by 10%, that sounds crazy. But if we come to them and explain the reason why we're increasing by 10% is because of this and because of this challenge. And you've probably seen some of the things in the news, get them to validate the problem beforehand, ask questions just as if you're going to sell in a regular situation. And once they can validate it because they're seeing it as well in the media, once they can validate it and they can understand, it makes so much more sense. And then give them a way that they can make more money again. If I'm going to cost, you know, increase by 10%, is there some way that I can help you to make more money on the back end uh, from that? So I was wrapping there for a little bit. Yeah, I think very good. I think, uh, you know, one of the things you talked about is something, a concept called funny money, right? So funny money mm-hmm. is something that's a value to your customer that you can give them that doesn't cost you anything. So providing some extra training, delivering some insight, helping them as a value add consultant, which you should be doing because you're their account manager. So you should be having these relationships anyway, helping them find ways to make more money, even though they're getting a price increase for you. And in some cases, you know, if I'm an account manager working with me and they're teaching me and they're giving me information and especially I've got some software products where I've got some horrible account managers and really good account managers, really good account <laughs> managers. Not only am I willing to pay more, but you know, they, they've got some services that they could give me for free that don't cost them anything at all. And they can get the price increase by adding a little on and I'm happy to do it. Cause I like them, you know, and yeah. I feel like, I feel like I, you know, I'm, I owe them. And it's, it's interesting because I've, was coaching a group of salespeople recently and the salespeople were like, I don't know, you know, the customers are going to be so upset with us. And so we just sort of walking through, like you got, here's how you're going to go approach them. Uh, you got to tell them why you go to the thing. And, and then I gave them a week and they came back and said, what was your experience? And almost all of them said, the customer said to me, what took you so long? Like we were expecting you to raise the rates, <laughs> you know, and most of them made more orders. Like they, they ordered more from them. And they respected the fact that they were asking. The second thing that you said was you got to give people a reason why. So um, in, uh, in, I think it's Childini, Childini or Childani, I'm not quite sure how to say his name, but there's a book called Influence. And he talks about that, that, it, that it, this is human psychology. When you give people a reason, they're more likely to comply, yeah. right? So they're more likely mm-hmm. to accept it. So you use the word because, and this is something that we teach at Sales Gravy, because statements. So you're going to show up and you're going to say the reason that that I'm giving you the price increase is because, and you got to be able to justify it. Like you got to be able to make your case because people are, are, I think we're attuned or we're dialed into fairness and we mm-hmm. get that. Right. So if you can make your case, if you can give me a real case, I may not be happy with the price increase. I don't think anybody wakes up and says, man, I'm so glad I'm paying. Excuse me. I'm so glad I'm paying more. <laughs> but I, I think that people, um, people are willing to pay more if there's a reason why they're paying more. So I think go back to your executive team meeting, the executive team needs to dial in to the talk track around this. And it doesn't mean it's a marketing talk track. It needs to be authentic. It needs to be human. It needs to be transparent. It needs to be real. And you said something that I think is so important. And this is, you know, a testament to your empathy and that you said, you got to go think about what the, what the customer is going through as well. Like what, what's their marketplace. They're probably having to go out 
and ask for price increases. They're struggling in some ways to get their products to market. They're having other issues that are in the way. So if you can step into their shoes and understand it from their standpoint, when you deliver your because statement, you're able to wrap in their experience in it. So it's relatable and they're much more likely to say, okay, I get it and, uh, and accept it. So if you do those two things, add some additional value and explain it in, in the right way, you're going to get fewer objections on the back end and, 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 and probably a, a, you know, a, few, a fewer number of your customers that are, that are trying to negotiate it down are pushing back really hard, yeah. I, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think the other part that you said there, Jeff, that I really uh, attuned to well, one of our sales reps, he, um, we, one of our programs is, and, and we've done this too, like in our case, it's a, it's a module. So if I give out an extra license, I already did the program already. So it doesn't matter. We have a, a group training on the back end side of it um, that they ever, you know, everyone jump onto. But if I, we did this, with one of our clients, we gave them a BOGO. They bought one and we gave them another one. I mean, those are a little bit more expensive than the price, but we lend that as all branch. What happened later on is that they brought more people to the program because we gave them the value. And then the other part to that too, was we, we also increased one of our, um, our rates. And this kid, this kid was working with us for like, uh, I think about a year and a half now. So he was like almost sweating bullets when I told him, you know, we're going to put the price uh, higher, the value. Um, and he was like, I, I don't know if they're going to do it. I don't know if they're going to do it. But the client came back and like, just like you said, they were like, okay, no worries. Let's go ahead and schedule it for January. And it was totally fine. They didn't see an issue. And I think the other part to that too, is like, even though some industries are hurting more than others, naturally, but some of the other industries are safe, saved a lot of money this year because they didn't have like, they cut down on their office space. They cut down on their marketing, you know, going to events or, or whatever they did, they did back in 2020 and 2021. So they're spending that money now going to events and doing new marketing initiatives. So they have a little bit of reserve. They have some money there. And I think that's another important factor is like different industries have different challenges and it may not be as bad as you think. It's important that we don't imprint. If I go to my client, Jim, and I go with this feeling that like, the, you know, this fear and this worry, they're going to sense that. If I come to that client and I'm calm as a cucumber and I'm comfortable and I'm chill and I let them, I help educate them. I've been given value to them. They're going to understand. And it's going to make such well, a better conversation than this, you know, squeamish conversation. So it's having a difficult conversation. There's um, Chris Voss, you know, we all know Chris Voss. Everybody loves his book now these, uh, these days. But one of the things that Chris talked about in the book was this idea that if you, I'm going to get it, hopefully I don't get it wrong, but um, if you can build rapport, you won't get killed, um, essentially. Yeah. And you think about it. Yeah, it's the same thing as the, you know, if the, if you're, if you have a relationship with your customers, a lot easier to ask for the price increase. If you show up and they haven't seen you in six months, you're going to get your head handed to you. They're not going to, I mean, they're going to be very unhappy about that. Also, what you said is approaching with relaxed assertive confidence. What, what we have to understand as human beings is that emotions are contagious. Like yep. these invisible vibrations in the air, we transfer those to other people. And people, human beings have this unique ability to sense what other people are feeling without having to ask them. So if you show up in a, in a state of insecurity, you're going to pass that on to your, your, your prospect or your, excuse me, your customer and your customer, mm -hmm. when they, when they push back, they're going to push back harder. And if you're dealing with, let's say a director personality, they're going to roll over you like a steamroller. So you've got to be able to approach it with relaxed, assertive confidence. That would take me back to the conversation with the executive team. If yeah. you're going to get your people set up to deliver price increases, you got to make sure that they understand 
the 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 justification for the price increase. And I can tell you from my my you know my past when this is back in my twenties, when I would have my company would come to me with a list of accounts and say, you know, we need to get a 6% price increase from all of these accounts. And when, when this is all done, I need this much money from you in price increases. And I could see no justification for it. Like it was tell me why. And the only justification was, was I had a boss who needed to make his number and he figured out that dropping price increases in was an easy way to drop it directly to the bottom line and create and make the number. But I didn't feel like it was serving my customers. So I was a lot more trepidatious about going in and having those conversations and I was less motivated for it. But if you can sit down with your team and show them, and and we're doing a lot of this right now with our, you know, our young inside sales teams that are especially selling capital equipment is helping them understand like what's happening in the marketplace. The reason why you can charge more for this product is simple economics because there is more demand than there is supply. So if you don't sell it to this person from this price, there are eight other people waiting in line that are willing to pay the price for that product. It won't always yeah. be this way. And there's no reason to be arrogant about it. I'm not saying that you have to go out and you know, treat people ugly because they question your pricing. It's just understanding that in a market like this, if you're a business within reason, you want to take advantage of the ability to put more margin to the bottom line because there are people who are willing to pay you more because they see the value of buying that piece of equipment for their company, right? So what they can deliver to their customers. So I think it's important that we be able to do that. And then, you know, following that, you know, the customer may question you as well. If you can't get your calculator out and show them or make the case, then mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult for the salesperson to save face in that moment with the customer when they're asking for the price increase. The other thing that I would, I would say that I think is, is incredibly important for salespeople in, you know, in these, in these situations when they're, when they're dealing with customers is that you understand if you can negotiate where the limits are. So if you say to your salespeople, go get the price increases. And if you can negotiate down to here, so the customer accepts it, but they're not willing to pay more. So it gives you a little bit of room to work with. And if it's non-negotiable, like if there's no negotiating room, like what's going to happen. And then what I like to do is walk salespeople through what's the worst case scenario. Like if I go to, to you, Donald, for a, uh, uh, a price increase and you say, I'm not paying it. And I go, well, if you can't pay it, then we can't do business anymore. What's the worst case scenario in this particular market? The worst case scenario is you get another customer in who takes Donald's place, who's paying you more and is easier to work with. Like, so you got to be able to work through those things so that as a salesperson and a sales professional, you understand the whole scope of what you're doing. But if you don't explain that to people at the executive level, like you just send your salespeople out and still get price increases it's more likely that people are going to walk in with a sense of insecurity than they are with a sense of confidence. And in that, in that state, they're going to be less likely to come out with um, the customer having a good experience with it. They feel emotionally okay with the the price increase or, or you getting price increases at all. If your customers feel like they have leverage. You know, and I love that too, Jeb, the stimulated thought that I had uh, um, put down when I knew we were going to talk about this idea of, I go back to the sales playbook, right? Um, now that you, you have all of that stuff in place, I, I think the critical component is that that playbook needs to be adjusted. Like you're an internal team um, or you practice that. 
don't send them into battle without helping them understand those the right tools or the right right ways to do it. So it's that it's role play, it's practicing, is doing it internal, um, and you know figuring out how to handle those objections. And if you can equip the team with that in in those practice sessions. And again, it just makes it so much more easy. I don't want you to go practice on a customer. I'd rather practice on your teammates first, and then you can go to the customer. Um, but that's why it's so critical that the team, the executive team, the leadership is a part of this process um, and, and help with it. Um, obviously, if you're an individual contributor and you're, you know, you don't have that stuff and your your team is like, you know, they're like, good luck, go, go out and make it happen. Um, you know, you do what you need to do. If you I don't, th- I think you're right about the practice you piece. I think that the, like we're um, working with a client right now who is, they're, they're, they're having to send their salespeople out to get price increases. And it's a necessity because the, of the, the marketplace is opening up the door to make more profit for the organization. And it allows them to actually um, level up and, and get a better customer base than they currently have. And it's mm-hmm. cyclical so that, you know, in some cases, like if, you know, if the market's bad, like you go back to 2008, we'll take anybody. Like if you're, if you're spending money, <laughs> we'll take you. And right now, you know, because, because there's a limited supply, you can be very picky about the customers that you bring in. So you can bring in customers that are more credit worthy, customers that pay you faster. You can bring in customers that use more of your product that are easier to work with. A lot of things happen. So they're sending their salespeople out to do this. And it's a strategic thing for the business. So one of the things that, we did was work out all of the things that sell that the customer might say, you can call them objections, mm-hmm. right? In this case, they're not, it's not, a, it's not, they're not asking for permission to give the price increase. They're telling the customer there's going to be a price increase a little bit different, right? Yeah. So it's not so much an objection, but it's pushback. So basically yeah. we said, okay, what are all of the possibilities that a customer might say to a salesperson in these situations? Like, for example, bringing up a past grievance, you know, three years ago, you, you guys messed us up. I do that. I mean, somebody's coming at me. I go, you know, remember this date? Like you messed me up. I'm not paying a price increase. I'm, I'm like, I'm playing the game too. I don't want to do this. So we brought that up and then worked them through how to handle that. Like, so, and then, and then random through the scenarios over and over and over again, so that from an emotional standpoint, emotional control, their ability to manage the emotions, they, they could handle it in the situation. And, and I thought this was super important, not create a situation where the customer resents them mm. or, you know, feels contempt for them because resentment and contempt in your relationship to your customer, they're like the gangrene of those relationships. And, and if you create that as when the market shifts and it will shift and your customer has more choices, they're going to leave you. And I don't want yes. that to happen, right? I want to retain that customer over time. So we have to get the price for price increase and protect the relationship and neither of those are mutually exclusive. We have to do them both at the same time. Like it's a dual process, yeah. price increase and protect the relationship. So I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts on how salespeople in the trenches, when you're having to go in and get the price increase, can do both of those things at the same time. Because, you know, if I just go back and think about my history of bosses coming to me for price increases and I'm honest, like I'm just being a yep. salesperson honest, not a leader honest, a salesperson honest. My first thought was these customers are going to hate me. They're not going to like me anymore. They're not going to want to work with me anymore. They're not going to buy anything anymore. They're going to, they're going to defect and go to my competitors. They're going to start shopping around. They're going to make it harder for me to do business with them. All this is going to do is create conflict that I just don't need. 
Yeah. Now, one of the things that I like to do in situations like that is to use the testimonials. And I know this sounds crazy again, but if you think about it, like um, just go back. I, I always go back to human behavior every single time I, I can look at it and, and I get freaked out. I mean, I, I, I found myself in those situations. I still get freaked out, um, you know, in certain situations, but I learned to calm my nerves. I've got coaching <laughs> to help me to go through those situations. Um, but and uh, but one of the pieces that I find that really helps is to use other other customers that may have gone through that as that testimonial, just like in some of the typical objection handling or in a typical overcoming those challenges or difficulties, I might say something to the nature Jeb, you know, I, I totally understand that you're you know, is concerned about the pricing that it increased that we're offering here and, and, and so forth. Obviously we were going to give you the value, like what we were you explained here before. One of the things that our customer, you know, they pay a little bit more than you or whatnot, or they did the same, we had a similar challenge. They went through the price increase, but one of the benefits that they saw was that because of the value add that we gave them, they were able to see an increase in their performance or whatever. They saw that the team did better at this situation. Um, if that, could happen to you if we could do something similar promise something like that would that would that make it a little bit easier for you to accept some kind of increase like that I don't know, it's, 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 i'm just making this up on the spot but the point is you're giving them a idea that it's been done before that somebody else has gone through it and that's where it comes back to like i don't want to be the guinea pig or i don't want to be the first that you experiment on and if you don't have anyone that's a customer that's done that talk about some of your new customers that are paying a little bit more some of the benefits that they're seeing because you're more than likely you're dealing with clients in the same industry if you're selling the manufacturing parts you sell to the same type of customers and you may have customers that are paying a little bit more talk about some of the things that they're doing but then they use that testimonial you know other clients have the same exact way they had a difficult challenge with this but they were able to see this and then you flip it on a question at the end you know if we could, if we could do something i like the if then if we could do something like this how do you think this could have impact your business as well and now it becomes a business discussion rather than just a one-sided price increase i don't know if that makes sense there yeah i think it actually makes sense i think a business conversation sure. i think taking care of your customers i go back to Please, 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 if all possible, don't show up on your customer's doorstep and they haven't seen you in a year. And the first yeah. thing they hear from you is I need to get a price increase. The relationship matters. You know, you, what you said, rapport, if you have rapport, you know, they won't kill you. Like it's so it, you know, it, it's hard for that. And I think finally, this is my advice for salespeople. I, I'd love your take on this is sure. the, the appropriate channel for asking for a price increase is in person first if if you're Amen. a field rep, right? If you're not a field rep, video next. And uh, and we're we're finding from a, some studies and was one just came in from McKinsey that if customers are given the choice between phone and video, they prefer video. Uh, even mm. though salespeople say they don't, but they do because they can see you. And then third would be the telephone. And, yeah. and everything else is off the table. Do not send an email Thank to you. price increases. Do not text, <laughs> do not direct message, do not LinkedIn. Uh, it, it, would you agree with that? I would agree wholeheartedly. If I got a text saying price increase, we like block. <laughs> Come on, bro. That's a, like, no, don't, don't come over and do that. It's again, it's, it's a human relation. I feel like that's kind of like those, those slumlords who are going to send you out a message. Your rent's going up, play, or you're going to get kicked out. When you go talk to them in person, it's a whole different conversation. They, they can't have that big bark in person. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it, it makes a difference when you bring your kid to them <laughs> and you're standing in, 
you know, we, we had that as a kid, you know, my mom had, uh, we had some financial struggles. <laughs> so maybe you show up there at the door with the kid and it's make a different conversation. Right. <laughs> and, well, and, 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 and sometimes the kid is like, listen, I, you know, I had to go get a big price increase from a customer a few years back yeah. and um, they were my best customer. I love them. I like working with them. I enjoy the, and you know, the engagement, but my prices were killing me. Like they were, yeah. it was causing me to lose money on the other side because if I served this customer, I had other customers who wanted the time and yeah. I had to go have a conversation about them. And I got to tell you, man, I was like really, really, really super nervous. And finally I just went in and I, I went to, I took, you know, the, my, my, you know, my customer, the person that I dealt business with out to, to dinner and sat down and said, look, here's the thing. And I even said this, I said, I'm really nervous to ask you this because like, I, the, I love working with you, but let me, and this is my baby. Let me explain. And I started talking about my time. I said, you know, I only have so many hours that I can deliver training and I can work with people. And that's all I have is my time. And I'm selling you my time at this rate. And other companies are asking for this rate. And I'm not asking you to pay me that much, but I'm asking for more so that I feel you know comfortable and I don't, and I don't resent you for taking up my time. And, um, the, uh, my customer just looked at me and said, I totally get it. No problem at all. And, you know, and raised the glass and said, here's a toast, here's your price increase. And I felt so much better, but I'd agonized it over a long period of yeah. time. I essentially did what you did. I took my baby with me to dinner and said, look, at, look my kids are starving, right? I can't, I can't pay for the, my bills. So I think, I think that just goes back to making sure that you're armed and you understand yeah. how to explain it. And it is a human endeavor. So, yeah. so let's talk real quickly about your podcast, the sales evangelist. Sure. Um, Tell us about some of the guests that you've got coming up. Cause I, I love your show. I mean, you want to invite me back on your show anymore, but that's okay. I'm, I, oh, we will I'm, take you all I'm, the time. I'm, we'll take you know, Jim anytime. I'm, I'm low on the total world these days. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but maybe talk a little bit about some of the exciting guests you have coming up and then how people can, uh, can connect with you. Yeah, we, um, thanks. I appreciate it. We've been, what we've seen with a lot of our clients and our listeners is they're, they're, a lot of them are swimming. They're, they've grown with us and they're swimming upstream. They're going for some deeper, bigger accounts. And it's just been something we've noticed over the past couple of years. So a lot of our content now has been geared towards that enterprise seller or that, you know, the B2B, B, uh, BDR reps who are selling some of those enter enterprise uh, places. But instead of just like the, you know, traditional topics, we do have themes, but we just brought on Seth Godin, for instance. Um, and I like to figure out ways that we can do all of our guests are going to be in that sales expert arena, but Seth, he does have a lot of sales experience and he comes with his marketing standpoint, but he has this book called The Practice. And one of the things that I really liked about that conversation is Seth stretched this concept that we are as salespeople, we need to stop, not just forget about the results, but you know, focus on the act, focus on the things right now that you can use to change so you can get the results. Um, and it was a really fascinating conversations because some of the enterprise sellers that we we're talking to, you know, they're trying to break into companies like, you know, Merck or some of these big, large organizations. Like, how are you gonna, you think you're just gonna do that just like show up? But what it takes is for you to be able to become better at your practice, um, best, better at your email communication, better at your phone call, the better at your interaction with people, the more effective you can be better at these different little activities, it leads to it. And the key concept behind that is you're making connection with a human being rather than trying to make connection with the organization. So I love that with Seth's episode. I have Julie Hansen coming up and she's talking a lot about, you know, sellers we're doing with our new book right now, um, talking about this notion of looking in the eyes, like even some of the practices we're doing today, like I, you know, Julie was really big on that, like 
look straight to the camera because so many people don't know how to show up. And let's say you, you, the stat come, came up from Gartner, like showing that people do like to have those video conversations. And even in the same vein, sometimes they may not want to be on video, but they want to see you on video. And it's like, it's really interesting with that. So Julie's coming on talking about that. Um, we have a few more, uh, this, um, other gentleman, he's swimming upstream right now, big upstream, and he's selling, uh, focused on uh, seven-figure uh, sales. He's made some seven-figure uh, success in, in, as an enterprise seller in some large organizations. So he's coming on talking about it. I can't remember his name now, but we have a, he is an individual contributor that just did really, really well. Um, but anyways, so that's kind of like some of our, our things. Um, the podcast is called The Sales Evangelist, wherever you listen to the shows. You know, most of our f- listeners we see come from Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to go to those avenues, go check it out and um, give us a subscribe subscribe to it and listen or listen to it first. And if it's good enough, then subscribe. <laughs> and I uh, would love to have you uh, check that out. Just push subscribe. Just push the subscribe <laughs> button. I mean, look, it's, the thing I love about podcast is that, you know, podcast is a four letter word. Most people don't understand this. It's F-R-E-E. Yeah. Push subscribe. <laughs> listen to it. Right. Play it. By, you know, play it behind the scenes. It's a. Uh, it's good stuff. And you're, you've been doing this for a long time and you know, you're uh, I, th- I think you're, to me, you're just a real success story in podcasting. I, I've been podcasting since 2007 and I, I love this. I mean, I was podcasting when podcasting was not cool. And, yeah, uh, and you've, 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 you know, you started the sales evangelist. I mean, I think the first time I was in your podcast is like, you know, 2012, 2013, and you've been doing this steady ever since. And, and that yeah. and it says a lot about you and says a lot about the show and the staying power of the show. And, uh, and, and so if you got Seth Godin. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Julie Hansen, fantastic conversation. And, uh, and when you, when you talk to her, ask her about the eye contact paradox, Oh uh, yeah, the eye contact paradox, there's some real science around that. So interesting. So, uh, very good. Well, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And folks, if you want to meet Donald C. Kelly in person, if you want to meet in person, you got to come to the outbound conference in Atlanta, the outbound conference, and you can get your tickets for the Outbound Conference right now at outboundconference.com, outboundconference.com, the biggest, baddest rock show in the sales profession. Thank you for joining me on the Sales Gravy Podcast. We'll see you next time. 